Thanks for tuning into the XL Legal Podcast, an interview-based podcast for lawyers devoted to practice excellence and wellness tips. I'm your host, Shelley Appleby-Ostroff, legal talent development consultant, writing coach, and former practicing lawyer, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I'm really looking forward to speaking with lawyer and digital marketing expert, Annette Chody. Welcome to the XL Legal Podcast, Annette. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Well, thanks so much for being here. How about getting us started by introducing yourself? Well, I am an attorney of 23 years. Gosh, that's like almost a quarter of a century. (laughs) Um, And several years ago, I pivoted and started working for very large legal marketing agencies as a freelancer, uh, learned all of the ropes about SEO. And as I started really developing and honing my understanding of SEO, I realized that a lot of these digital marketing agencies simply are not providing, uh, some of them are not even providing really great SEO um, and lawyers don't know what they don't know. And they also were not providing legally accurate or ethically compliant content. And so ultimately, I just decided to start my own digital marketing agency for law firms in legally adjacent companies. And I have a podcast myself, Legal Marketing Lounge, and I wrote a best-selling book called Click Magnet. Love the title. Love the title. Thank you. <laughs> And also your journey, that's so fascinating. But you know, you're throwing out these these terms already that I'm are questioning. So okay, so let's just back up. For those of us new to the digital marketing world, let's can we sort of start with the basics? What is SEO? It's funny that you say that because I actually remember years and years ago Googling. SEO. I remember that moment probably because I didn't know it at the time, but my entire my entire life was going to be moved in a trajectory towards that. So maybe that was just a, a pivotal moment for me. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And all that means is that the content that you put on your website, you want to be at the top of the search engine when somebody's looking for whatever it is. If it's a lawyer or a a chocolate chip cookie recipe, you want whatever content you're putting on your website to be at the top of Google. This is not paid advertising. These are not the very first two or three things that you see at the top of Google that says sponsored. But right underneath that, anything that is created organically on your website, you want to be at the top of Google SEO, search engine optimization tactics, help you get there. Okay. So then why is that important for law firms? First of all, the reason that I particularly lean hard into organic marketing instead of paid advertising is a few reasons. There's a few reasons. Um, The first is is that paid advertising is really expensive and ultimately typically does not bring in the exact type of clients that a law firm wants. It's a lot of tire kickers, frankly. Um, Organic marketing that you are creating on your website in terms of practice area pages and blog articles are really more showcasing your expertise, your authority, your trustworthiness. And those are the questions that people are putting into Google when they have 
a legal problem. The truth is that um, most people don't go to law firm websites for fun. <laughs> I do, <laughs> but most people don't. So at the end of the day, you want when someone is putting something into Google and it and we know that 90% of people start their search for legal services with a search engine um, online. That's way more than referrals from family and friends. So if you're getting referrals, that's great, but we see the trend downwards on that. So we want when someone is putting in Google some sort of search query for legal services like wills versus trusts or what should I do after getting a DUI, you want your content to be at the top of Google so that they click on your content and now they're on your website. Okay. So so is the key to drive people to your website? Absolutely. Because once you have them off of Google, or frankly, even if you're promoting yourself on social media, you have them off of social media, um, off of the cat memes and Harry Potter memes and (laughs) random videos, you have them off of those social media platforms, off of Google, onto your website, where now you have them as a bit more of a captured audience, where you can continue to showcase your expertise in that particular legal practice area and hopefully be answering some of their questions where they finally feel, wow, okay, this attorney really does understand my legal issue. I should give them a call or set up an appointment to discuss in detail how they may be able to help me. And I often think that that is just arbitrary, you know, that somebody happens upon a lawyer's website from doing their initial search, and there just seems to be this connection. But I can't imagine that it's arbitrary and that that's enough to generate uh, generate business. So are there like some some strategies or things that you would suggest to make it not arbitrary that, you know, you actually do attract uh, the right kind of client through your website? Absolutely. There's absolutely 100% a formula. I didn't make up the formula. (laughs) I don't have proprietary rights to the formula, but we just know that this is the formula that works. So just as a 30,000 foot view of the formula, it's this. First of all, before you do anything, you need to have a brand. You You need to really know why your law firm is different from you know, every other estate planning law firm in your area or every other intellectual property law firm that there is. How are you really different? And then you also need to know exactly who your client is, who your ideal client is. Once you have that dialed in within your branding, you can really have that saturate through the rest of all of your marketing, both online and offline. So that is really the first step. Then the next step is to create a WordPress website. So I know a lot of attorneys have, you know, Wix and Squarespace websites, but those are not good for SEO. Google simply doesn't understand them as well as a WordPress website. And if you're going to really, you know, really lay into trying to get your content and your presence online be pervasive, you really want to have a WordPress website. So after you have branding and after you have a WordPress website, the very next step uh, in your marketing strategy 
would be to get someone or you can learn how to do monthly on-site SEO. So what that means is that your website is kind of like a house. And as we all know, as homeowners, there's always something to do uh, to fix your house up. So that's your roof or your foundation or retaining wall, whatever it is. Your on-site SEO keeps your website healthy and makes it so that Google really understands the content that you're putting out. And this has to be a process that you are doing consistently. An example I use often is um, getting healthy. So you can't just go to the gym one time and then be done with it. Although, I wish that were the case. (laughs) Um, But we all know you have to consist, even if you get healthy, you can't then just start eating, you know, McDonald's and not going to the gym. So it is something that is really a consistent process. And after you keep doing your on-site SEO, making sure that your keywording is right, your internal linking is right, making sure your meta descriptions, your schema markup. And I know that all of this is really technical. And so I'll just write here in the middle, which I usually don't do, but I I have like 150 free articles on my website. So if there's anything that I'm saying that someone is interested in learning more about, there's a good chance I've written one or probably more than one articles on that particular topic. Um, So after you know your website is healthy, then you need to consistently attract Google to your website. And the analogy I use with this is it's sort of like dating. You're dating Google. So you wouldn't, you know, just show up on a date one time and then be like, no, you look pretty good. Let's get married. You would have to show up consistently, right? And you have to do what you say you're going to do. You have to show up often and, you know, sometimes bring a little present to the person that you're courting. And in Google's case, Google likes content. So if you are showing up consistently with really great content that's showcasing your expertise and authority, Google will finally say, hey, ABC Law Firm is always showing up every week with really great content. And then Google starts to understand your law firm better, understand your practice area better, understand you better. And then they put you at the top of the search engine because they're saying, listen, ABC law firm is always providing me really great content. Whereas XYZ law firm, they only post once a month. So I know ABC law firm better than XYZ law firm. And then after that, the the content strategy, you, you have to create a content strategy within your entire comprehensive marketing strategy, which is just really looking at what are people asking when someone picks up the phone and calls you? What are the questions that they're always asking? Those are all blog posts. You can even peek at your competitors and you can't plagiarize, but you certainly can peek at your competitors and see what are they writing about? I can can write about that too, probably better, right? (laughs) So, Those are great ideas for topics. And then after you have consistent content on your website, you want to promote your content. You can't just build it and they will come. You need to then utilize social social media platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Google Business Profile, which you can actually put posts on 
a lot of people don't know that. Um, and then drive traffic to your website. Of course, there's a lot more like backlinking, internal linking, but those are sort of honors classes, if you will. This is a great start to a digital marketing strategy, which is branding a website, SEO on your website, content creation consistently, and social media marketing to get people to your website. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that, thank you for that because that really gives a very comprehensive overview. And I'm starting to see now, as opposed to being overwhelmed by it all, oh, that there are sort of these compartments and how everything kind of fits into one or more of those compartments. So really, really helpful, Annette. One thing I want to go back to is the idea of content creation. And the first thing that comes to mind is a blog. Is that just a blog that you're talking about? Are there other things you can do to create content? Content creation for SEO purposes is a blog. So you can create content on social media platforms as well. But typically that content creation is driving traffic to the original content creation, which is a blog. You never want to start building content creation on social media platforms because you don't own that real estate. It's like building a house on someone else's real estate. And we all have heard the horror stories about people who have thousands of followers. And then all of a sudden they, they lose. They don't know where they're, they have no idea where their LinkedIn profile even went, right? And then they have to fight with LinkedIn to get it back or Facebook or Instagram. So it's very important to realize that while those platforms are extremely useful and powerful, they are not your real estate. You really want to be building your entire content marketing strategy and and writing all of your best content, long form content on your website because you own that real estate. That's your virtual real estate online. Right. And then would you suggest then taking that content and repurposing it for um, the social media? Absolutely. So this is, I think, one of the strategies that is the most effective and efficient to take the content that you work really hard on and get it out there and repurpose it. So if you create content for your website, a thousand words or more really is minimum um, in order to be effective. So you create an article, let's say you create the article the advantages and disadvantages of wills versus trusts. So now you have this article on your website and Google sees it. You want to make sure that you index it on Google. Uh, you can just Google how to do that. It's, it's very simple. Then what you want to do is start promoting this blog on your website. The reason is because the more traffic that you can direct to your website, Google then sees that it's a popular article and then also starts promoting it kind of like the chicken and the egg, you know, what comes first? Really, we kind of know the answer to that, which is that if you can drive traffic a little bit to your website, then Google already sees that proof that it's a valuable piece of information that people are reading. So if you have this article, Advantages, Disadvantages of Wills versus Trusts, what you can do is on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram and on Google Business Profile, 
you can just put a little snippet about, do you know the advantages and disadvantages of wills versus trusts? Okay. But the next month or maybe two, three weeks later, you can put a little snippet that says, do you know what the advantages of a will are? Click here to read more. Well, it's the same article, right? Then a month later, you can write, do you know what the disadvantages of a last will and testament are? Click here to learn more. The next month, you can put, do you know what the advantages of a will are? Do you know what the disadvantages of a trust are? Can you have a will and a trust at the same time? What are the most common estate planning documents? Click here to learn more. You are always leading back to that same blog article. Now, that's really important because you're making use of that one article more than once while you are hopefully still continuing to create more new content, right? But you're still squeezing more juice out of the work that you did with this one article. And one of the best ways to be the most effective and efficient at this is to look into getting a content scheduling tool. It's a social media scheduling tool. There are several out there. Um, The ones that I particularly like are SmarterQ. It's Q-U-E-U-E, like a Q, like British line, SmarterQ. There's another one called Later.com. There's another one called Hootsuite. There's several out there. What you can do is you can batch your content and create all of these social media posts and schedule them out for a later time. And on many of these platforms and apps, especially SmarterQ, you can have it, I always call it crock-potting it. You set it and forget it. You can actually create a post and then say that you want that same post to go out again every six six weeks, eight weeks, three days, whatever it is. So the people didn't, listen, everybody didn't see your post the first time around. And frankly, even if they did, who cares? Um, you can you can put that same post out a month or two later, and then it is recycling through all of your all of your social media platforms, and you're getting more and more juice out of that one piece of content. So those are several different ways you can really maximize the impact of just one article that you're writing. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. As you're talking, you're saying, Oh, you know, come up with a different questions and, you know, how you might repurpose it already. I'm getting stressed thinking like, how am I going to come up with all of those things and remember like when to do it? But what a great tool, something like smarter Q. Never heard of that. Yeah. It's a fantastic thing. And a lot of uh, lawyers that I visited with about this, what they do is they just take a weekend and they batch a bunch of content in that weekend for either the month or the quarter. And then they can still post on Instagram or on LinkedIn when something comes up, if they're going to a conference or something like that. But they know the heavy lifting of making sure that their content on LinkedIn, showcasing them as an expert, moving people off that platform and getting them to to their law firm website is already done. Wow. Wow. I suppose there is a like uh, electronic uh, tool for everything these days. <laughs> <You just have laughs> <have> to- <laughs> yes. I just actually got back from the ABA tech show and you would not believe what is available out there for 
for legal tech right now. It's very impressive what what can be done, especially with um, legal tech in our industry. Oh, exciting. Very exciting times then. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to be left in the dust, though, just by thinking about it, as I say, gets me, um, yeah, it gets me so nervous. <laughs> One thing that you mentioned I hadn't heard of before is called Google My Business Profiles. Did I get that right? It used to be called Google My Business. Now it's called Google Business Profile. And this is just where your Google business listing is. So most people think of this as um, a place on Google where they have their reviews and they have maybe their office hours. But there is a place if you go to your Google business profile where you can add content. And most people don't know about this. And so it gives you a huge advantage over your competitors. So what you can do is it's right underneath your review section. You can just add content and you can add a graphic and you can add, I want to say it's around 2000 words, it, it give or take. So it's almost like a social media post, except for the fact that there's no discussion there. So there's no social aspect to it. There's no comments, there's no likes, but you can put a graphic and you can put content and then you can put a link. So let's say you did have an article, the advantages and disadvantages of wills versus trusts. If someone landed on your Google business profile page, they would see your logo, they would see your reviews, they would see maybe your office hours when you're open, maybe even a calendar link to schedule an appointment. And then they would see these blog posts, such as the advantages and disadvantages of wills versus trusts. They can click right on that and it will take them right to that section on your website. It's really powerful and a great advantage because most law firms are not utilizing this particular area of Google business profile. Yeah. Wow. And is there a, a charge for that? Or no, is that? It's totally free. Wow. Wow. Huh. And if you use, sm- not all of the scheduling tools are the same, but I know that SmarterQ actually will let you post to Instagram, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Google Business Profile all at the same time. So you can actually schedule posts through SmarterQ to go out, you know, in advance, which is fantastic as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Another thing you mentioned that I hadn't heard of before, backlinks. What's a backlink? So this is kind of the, I always say this is sort of the honors AP class of (laughs) digital marketing, but don't mistake that for it not being powerful. It's actually exceptionally powerful. So what a backlink is, is when another website links to you. You have to be careful with this because a lot of people, digital marketers that say, hey, we can get you backlinks. It's not just about quantity. It's about quality. And a lot of them will get you backlinks to just these sort of spammy websites or a gardening website, you know, things that are not within your particular legal or business niche. So the best backlink you can get is where there's an article, thousand words or more on another website that is in the legal or business field. Or let's say if you're an education lawyer, it would be on an education type website 
within that article, there's a link back to your website. So let me give an example. I write for Above the Law every week. I'm a weekly contributor and have been for about three years. So Above the Law is a much higher domain authority than LawQuill, my business will ever be probably. It's a massive website um, and very well respected. So every week when I write the article, I get a backlink from that article to my website. So what that tells Google is this, that someone out there that has more authority, more expertise, is even more trustworthy, is linking to me. So you can imagine if you get an article in Forbes magazine or Fox News or U.S. News and World Report, and that article links back to you, to your law firm, Google goes, wow, that law firm probably knows what they're doing. They can be trusted as well. It's sort of like someone's already in the club, right? And uh, they say, oh, no, no, she's with me. And they open that red velvet rope and let you in. <laughs> so that is really what a backlink does. It provides some sort of proof to Google that you are authoritative because someone else more authoritative is linking to you. Yeah. And that, like, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So if you can ever get on a podcast, for example, <laughs> or if you can get um, an article published on a website that is more authoritative than yours, that has a higher domain authority than you with Google, that's always helpful. And I'll just tell your listeners that this is typically one of the most expensive parts of digital marketing if you want to outsource it. But I'm going to give your listeners a way to get this for free. So while you can have a digital marketing agency do this for you and get backlinks and make sure they're doing white hat backlinks and that it's all on the up and up, there is a website called Help a Reporter Out. It's H-A-R-O. And you can subscribe for free and you will get two emails a day. So it can it can become a lot in your inbox. But What this is, is there are reporters and journalists throughout the United States and Canada that are looking for authoritative sources for quotes or comments or interviews. Now, a lot of this will not have to do with the law. It might be about gardening or about, you know, something in the media right now that's going on. But in many cases under the business section, there are requests for information or advice or a quote or an interview from an intellectual property attorney, an immigration attorney. I've seen all kinds of law underneath this. The The downside of this is that you're getting two emails a day that, have, that you have to scan. So a lot of lawyers I know, they pass this task off to one of their assistants and they say, don't bother me <laughs> until you see something that relates to me and then forward that on. But a lot of law firms that are very small or solo law firms scan those emails twice a day to see whether or not there's something that they can just provide a quick quote on and then they can get a backlink and all of that is free. 
Wow. Well, thank you for that tip. That is invaluable. My goodness. Um, yeah, again, never heard of that. So again, that's H A R O dot com. Help a reporter out. It might be dot org. Oh, okay. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Wow. So we've talked about a lot of things, um, you know, to, to do to, um, you know, increase your online presence and hopefully generate, um, more business through your website. Are there some things that you would suggest lawyers not do? One of the things a lawyer should not do, and I'm, uh, people might get really mad when they hear me say this. One of the things that they should not do is utilize AI to write the content on their website. So I know chat GPT is huge and everyone is losing their minds about it, Mm -hmm. but, and it is, and it can be useful to come up with even ideas for topic articles um, or for topics for articles. And it can be useful to even maybe help you get started with an outline and get those creative juices flowing. But Google has come out very recently and at the date of this particular interview, that is the spring of 2023, and said that Google will always prefer content that is a showcase of expertise and authority. The truth is that there are tools out there uh, that are free that you can copy and paste content into to see if it's been written by a human being or AI. Um, We use them at my digital marketing agency and provide all of our clients with proof that every article is written by a human being. Um, So if I can do it, I'm certain that Google does it as well. And at the end of the day, while it's tempting to use AI tools to just write this content, The truth is then that your content will sound like everybody else's that is using those same AI tools um, and platforms. And so what Google is really looking for is not just content in terms of quantity. They are looking to serve up the best chocolate chip cookie recipe. Somebody has to be at the very top of Google on that first page of Google. There's really only about 10 spots there. So if all of your competitors are writing the article advantages and disadvantages of wills versus trusts, and they're all using AI and you are not, and you are truly putting a flavor in there with legally accurate sources, which sometimes AI does not have, or um, your own expertise or experiences regarding estate planning, that will always win with Google. And so it is tempting, I know, to use these tools, but that would be one thing that I would highly recommend that lawyers avoid if they if they are trying to work on their SEO for their website. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to hear that cuz I mean that is such a a hot topic, as you said, these days. And, um, yeah. And anything that we can say to encourage people to write their own content. <laughs> I know. I, and it's hard, yeah. right? Because these tools are so tempting. And frankly, many of them are exceptionally good. I heard that the latest iteration has now passed the bar exam. So they are very, which I don't know. Maybe that speaks more to 
the bar exam, but, (laughs) you know, they are very tempting and powerful. And I think that they have their place within the legal community. It certainly can help you generate ideas of topics to write about, or even the headers within a topic that you may not have thought of. But the actual heavy lifting of writing, we have heard from Google that the official word is that they will always prioritize the best content. So our interpretation of that is that the best content is typically the one that showcases the most authority and expertise, originality, length, all of those things, which again, if you have a hundred people writing using the same AI tool, chat GPT to write the same article topic and you write it and maybe write a 2000 word article with your own experiences that will typically do better on Google. That's what Google is telling us. Yeah. So glad to hear that. And also, I guess, and and it's a caution too, for somebody who is um, thinking of uh, working with a digital marketing firm to ask that question, you know, like, how do you generate the content? Yes, that is a great, great point. I feel like this could be a whole topic, Mm -hmm. frankly, in and of itself of how to ensure that a digital marketing agency is giving you really what you're paying for. I would encourage your listeners, if they do decide to hire a digital marketing agency, that they do that they hire one that is very familiar with the law and have them prove that. And then also to have them give you some sort of proof that the content is not plagiarized. That's very simple to do. That's with a tool like Copyscape. It's it's like pennies to use. So they need to be provided with something that shows that the content is original content, that nothing else is like that on the internet, and also some sort of screenshot or something to show that it's been put through an AI filter to show that it's been written by a human being. I would absolutely require that. And if if a digital marketing agency can't provide that to you or says they don't provide that, I would I would be suspicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Such good advice, Annette. Oh, my goodness. Um, and as you say, uh, we could, yeah, so many subtopics that have come up that I think that we could spend uh, a lot more time focusing in on. But uh, I'm just wondering in, in terms of the general digital marketing for lawyers 101, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you think would be useful to pass on to listeners? Well, I think the one thing that a lot of lawyers are curious about is TikTok. So I think that there are these platforms that crop up, you know, every once in a while. Clubhouse was one and that kind of faded out a little bit. Uh, But TikTok looks like it's here to stay at least for a while, unless uh, unless the government shuts it down for privacy reasons. But I feel like a lot of lawyers feel, frankly, overwhelmed, right? There's all these things to do. Do I have a website? Do I need to be on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok? Do I need to do videos? Should I have a podcast? It's overwhelming. And that's the reason I sort of started this all out with, well, here is, here's the roadmap. It's branding, website, 
SEO content, then social media marketing. And really at the very tail end of all of this is TikTok. I tell lawyers, don't even think about TikTok before you do all of these other things because TikTok, frankly, I have a lot of moral heartburn (laughs) regarding TikTok because the truth is we don't know about what the information and the data that we're giving TikTok, we have no idea regarding the privacy surrounding that, what kind of protections are there or not there. And we also have no idea what our data is being used for and where it's going, how it's being held. So I tell law firms specifically that my advice, and I know maybe someone is getting really mad at me right now that's listening, but I typically tell law firms that it's probably not the best use of your time or digital marketing dollars um, to get invested in TikTok. There are outliers, of course, that do very well on TikTok. Um, but just because you're getting a lot of likes or comments or, you know, that doesn't mean that that's tra- translating to actual dollars in your law firm's bank account and actual clients just because people are are liking and consuming your content on TikTok. Also, um, there is a chance that the platform could go away. There, There is a serious chance of that. And so if you invest a lot of time or money or resources into this platform, just know that it may not be around permanently. (laughs) So my advice is always to first invest in more substantial platforms like LinkedIn, where you can build a solid network and also your potential clients are often there or Facebook, Facebook groups that lend itself well to your practice area or Instagram. So I always try to mention TikTok because I know a lot of people are interested in it. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. That's super helpful because it's very a very timely topic because it is quite controversial. As you say, we don't know how long it's going to be around, and certain government uh, organizations are forbidding their employees to link into TikTok. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are definite, you know, <laughs> there are definite privacy concerns with yeah. it that are huge red flags. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it grows into the future and whether it does at all. You know, everyone says, oh, there's no way they'll get rid of it. But, you know, everybody thought MySpace was really awesome too. <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> there's a blast from the past. Oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Annette, well, such great tips and, uh, and wonderful advice and just you sharing so, uh, openly with us. I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. Now I'm wondering how listeners can learn more about you, how to find your book and your podcast and yeah, just find out more about all this wonderful stuff that you're doing and you're offering to your clients. Well, as you can probably tell, this is my jam. I love talking about it. I love educating and demystifying the entire SEO digital marketing process for law firms because frankly, they get taken advantage of. A lot of digital marketing agencies out there see dollar signs, frankly, when they see law firms. And so 
I think that that is unfortunate. And that was actually the entire reason that I started my agency was not only to provide services, but sort of to demystify and educate my fellow legal colleagues. So you can find my website at lawquill.com. It's L-A-W-Q-U-I-L-L.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, and that's kind of my happy place. I'm always on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram as well. And my podcast, you can find that wherever the kids are listening to podcasts now. And it's called Legal Marketing Lounge. And then my book is called Click Magnet, The Ultimate Digital Marketing Guide for Law Firms. And everything I talked about today is in that book. I read all of the legal marketing books that were out there. And a lot of them, frankly, were just a shill for the company that wrote it. And I wanted mine to be very different. And mine is truly... It's not Harry Potter. It's not it's not a fun read, but it is truly a step-by-step guide and it really is an ultimate guide step-by-step for someone who either wants to DIY their digital marketing or it at least gives you enough information to ask the right questions to hold a digital marketing agency accountable for your digital marketing dollars. So the book is Click Magnet. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I highly, highly recommend that. Um, based on the conversation we've had, it's just the way you simplify everything. And um, yeah, so thank you, Annette. Just a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Really appreciate you taking so much time to educate us. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining me today on the Excel Legal Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm always looking for topic and guest ideas. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear from you at xllegal.com. That's E-X-E-L-L-E-G-A-L.com.